You're listening to The Authenticity Show, where you get to eavesdrop on great conversations about health, creativity, and the quest for excellence. Your hosts are Carlos Casados and Satch Purcell. Before we get started, I'd like to remind you to subscribe to The Authenticity Show wherever you get your podcasts and connect with us on social media. That means like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and check out our YouTube page where you can actually see video of our beautiful faces recording our podcast. This episode is about relationships. How do you know when someone is right for you? How do you know when they're not right for you? What are some criteria you can use to make good decisions about this? This episode has some deep insights and some real practical advice for anybody in a relationship, which is probably most of us, right? And in the second half, Carlos reveals a new model that he created about how he decides whether a relationship is right for him. Good stuff. I want to know what your criteria is for knowing when someone is the right person for a romantic relationship? Like, what are some of the ideas you have developed? Because you've been in a successful, long-term, deeply loving relationship for Mm. just, and it's been inspiring to me. Mm. So I'm just curious. I I actually have, you know, some thoughts of my own, but I want to know what you have found or discovered through the years, ways that you recognized the love was the right kind of love for you Mm. in the first place. Okay. When you recognized it was the kind of person you wanted to make a serious commitment to. Mm-hmm. And then along the way, as you continue to have that relationship, what are some things that continue to let you know that you're on the right track and, you know, that it was really the person who was right for you? Okay. I want to hear your perspectives on this. Wow. Okay. So I am uh, truly, this is great because I'm truly unprepared for this. Beautiful. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to look inside a little bit. And so there were a few parts to that, that you asked. Mm -hmm. Um, Help me narrow it down to the first part that you'd like to know. All right. How did you know that Tanya in this case was the right one for you? I see. Okay. Okay. So, so your question was like about like, what are the inner experiences or criteria or, or whatever that is. Well, I think, I think, um, the first thing is, and and before I share my criteria, I think it's really important for me to, um, give a little preamble here. Um, I think it's really important to let go of the idea that, um, it's only about the right person because there are a lot of people out there that, um, you know, I, I remember somebody I known many, many years ago was just convinced that his perfect woman was like hit by a bus or something because he could never meet her. You know what I mean? And I, I think the first thing to do is to go into this, any, any serious loving relationship and it could be romantic but it's this is not limited to romance. This is it, my experience. This is this is any sacred relationship, and I think mm. that's the first thing that relationships are sacred, um, and um, some some sacred relationships are romantic, and some sacred relationships are something else. Mm-hmm. But I think you go into into 
important relationships with that sense of sacredness. And so it's more than two correct people coming together. That's part of it, right? I don't think we want to align two people that are clearly not very correct for one another. Mm-hmm. Like when there's obvious when there's obvious stuff. Yeah, obvious things. And, and you know, uh, I think people usually know when there's there's an obvious gap, an obvious difference of direction or purpose for mm-hmm. those people. You know, the, the energies don't align. I think we all know that instinctively. Mm-hmm. Now, but then there are going to be a lot of people that hear me say that and they're going to say, yeah, but Sash, but what if you're confused? What if you're in that in-between stage mm-hmm. and you're not sure if this is the right person or not? And, and I think that's where this conversation starts. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. If they're in that relationship, there is already sacredness there. The relationship is not, in my opinion, in my experience, is not the right people coming together. It is both people bringing that sacredness and choosing to build something together. And the relationship is the thing that they are building, not the individuals. Mm. To me, that, mm-hmm. that's been my experience. That's how I have, you know, proceeded with That's that. a very different thing you're talking about there. Yeah, that. yeah. Um, true, if two people get together to dance, yes, um, there is a certain amount of training or skill or enjoyment of dancing that each each dancer brings to the floor right but are great relationships made by only great dancers or do two people get together and they they craft the dance with one another Hmm. you know um and and make a choice to continue to keep the motion of creation going i think Hmm. i think i think that's what it is right it's really easy, I think, to um, meet somebody. Let's see, you meet somebody, and you like the person, and you feel there's some connection or some opportunity there. Mm-hmm. And then we immediately go into the mode of, ah, oh, but is this the right person? Is this a correct person for me? And um, I think that is like meeting somebody on the dance floor and saying, rather than dancing right now, rather than starting the dance, um, let's um, check each other's training and what school of dance did you come from? And we, oh, we've, we're already missing the music. You know what I mean? Mm. We're already missing an opportunity. Um, so I think, I think that's kind of the, 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 the beginning of that, right? Is that, is that the relationship is about what the two people are going to create together. Okay. Um, more so than who the individuals are. Um, so I think that if two people feel that um, there is a good vibration between them, there's attraction between them. I mean, let's, let's, get, let's get some of the basics mm-hmm. checked off, right? Mm-hmm. Does there need to be some level of attraction? I think there does initially, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't think it needs to be the first thing that the people notice. Um, I think attraction can build. But there needs to be some attraction there, right? I mean, you don't want to feel disgusted by the person, (laughs) right? I hate to say it that way, but, you know, it's like, well, I'm truly, truly repulsed by this human being, but we're going to create a beautiful dance together. You know, Mm. I think think that's obvious. Yeah. Um, So in the beginning... 
I think there's got to be some of that. And there just has to be this spirit of you both share a willingness to have an adventure together, you know, and the adventure is it's the act of the adventure is the building of the love and the building of the correctness of the relationship. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's part of, part of it for me. Um, how am I doing so far? Good. Okay. <laughs> Did you know that you were looking for that when you met Tanya? Um, yes. Um, I, I did know that I was looking for that. Um, and I, I would say leading up to that, there was fear and insecurity that I was capable of that. Mm. And it was interesting because um, I had a very short period of time where um, I felt like I was having a little a little jump in my in my awakeness. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was kind of awakening a little bit to certain aspects of myself, doing a lot of. Um, I hate to use the word self work. It was inner work. It wasn't really work. It was more. Um, it was kind of the opposite of of inner work. It was more um, freeing up things that were inside of me that were constraints that previously were holding me back. Okay. And I went through a really wonderful, you know, period of, you know, I'll just say a little miniature awakening at mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. And it was during that time that I think the right vibration was there in me that allowed me to see that opportunity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, I would say that it's not only perfectly natural, but I would even say expected for one or both people, whatever the relationship is, to go ahead and and notice there are a few little voices and a few little little fears inside. And and I think this maybe is is this might be the most authentic thing I can say, mm-hmm. right? The most the most powerful resonating thing I can say is uh, about this topic when fears come up in a rela- when you're building love with somebody um, and fears come up or doubts come up it's very helpful to go inside and look at it and say hmm is this doubt have a, an overall negative quality to it Mm. Or does it have a positive quality to it? So like if I, if I look in, if I can go back and I say, Ooh, I wonder if this is the right person for me. And anybody listening to this has probably had this experience, you know, mm. and they go, Ooh, this person's great, but I wonder, but I don't know. Is this the right person for me? Right. I would say right at that moment, stop and go inside and say, does this feeling that I have, this is very, very subtle, this feeling that I have, is that feeling uncomfortable and scary? And would I, would I rate it slightly on the negative scale or would I rate it on the positive scale? And um, it's funny. I was just having a similar conversation about this with a mutual friend of ours mm-hmm. um, in, in the van, you know, the, the other day. Mm-hmm. And um, I was... T- coming from this from a totally different context but if you look inside yourself and the feeling is on the negative spectrum 
then that is not coming from your intuition. That is coming from ego and fear and self-preservation and that, that, that sort of, I'm gonna preserve my, my separateness from, from letting go and being part of building something sacred. Mm. Right. I don't want to, it's almost like ego identity and, and maybe enlightenment or something. I don't mm. know. Cause I'm not enlightened. Okay. Shh. Shh. Um, but, um, if you check in and you say, is this feeling, this feeling of, no, I don't think this is the right person for me. Is that coming from the, the positive spectrum? If the vibration is coming more from a positive side, then that is much, much, much more likely going to be true intuition. I'm I'm just now kind of grokking your meaning. Mm. It took me a second, but I I, I I'm just going to restate it for for my own yeah, clarity. Yeah, yeah. Help are me you, state it. Yeah, yeah, are you saying that, like um, you can you can ask yourself, is this person right for me, from a place of fear, or you can ask yourself, is this person right for me, from a place of positivity? Correct. Okay. And if the, I think the important part is if the answer is, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, you may not have, you may not be able to make a decision immediately. Right. But mm -hmm. you know, if, if you say, is this person right for me? And the answer is, I don't think so. Does that feel good? Like it's coming from positivity or does that, I don't think so feel bad, negative. Kind of like, um, what you're investing in. So if you're invested in yourself as a empower as an empowered person, yeah, versus investing in the fear because you don't feel empowered, yes. and you're worried about something bad happening, yes, that's a weaker, smaller, right. uh, more unstable place to be asking the question from, and therefore you're saying that um, that's an indication that you're not accessing your the wisdom of your deep self you're you're accessing the sort of reactionary fearful place in yourself yeah whereas yes if you are asking that question and you feel grounded connected um positive about yourself there's self-love there mm -hmm. and you're connected to that feeling and aligned with that feeling of self-love then when you ask the question it's kind of like the graceful question that a wise person asks when they're yeah. attempting to make the correct adjustment like they're 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 looking at the long view of hey I, I'm invested in myself I believe that yeah. I'm capable of having this I'm only just checking to see if all of um, the boxes are checked here like you're making sure yeah. that, that that this is uh, appropriate for you is that yes. the idea yeah that's the idea that's that's the idea yeah and and um and and I want to stress the ideas that that um, the answer is the same is the answer coming from the fearful side of us or the loving understanding side of us mm -hmm. but the answer is the same but the outcome is totally different if i look at this other person and when i'm in their presence and when i think about this person i truly feel that i just love this person you know mm -hmm. this this person you know lights up my morning mm -hmm. right um but i have this fear that what if we don't get along or I have this fear of what if we're a little bit too different? Or or what if this person turns out to be a little on the crazy side? Or, or you know, or any thousand things that, that could happen, you know. Mm -hmm. That's the moment to check in with that fear. Ah, oh, does that feel uncomfortable? Yes, it does. Okay, then that's coming from the fearful side of me. 
if I check in, how, but, but do I really love this person? Yeah, I do. Okay, well then I can handle if this person's different from me. I can handle if this person is a little crazy. I can, ha- you know, there's all, you know, we could look all around the world and find inspiring stories of loving couples where they have overcome tremendous relationship challenges, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then there are lots of situations where people did not stay together and chose to go separate ways, you know, in similar circumstances. Mm-hmm. Do we say one's a failure and one's a success? Do we say that, um, well, the, the ones that stayed together was because they were right for each other because they were meant to be. And the ones that broke up was because they weren't meant to be. That's yeah. what I see. I'm, Probably saying, I'm saying no. I'm saying yeah. that whatever you bring to that dance, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, my dance partner is missing a leg mm-hmm. and she's hopping around on one foot, right? And she's blind in one eye. Right, and her balance is terrible, and I got to hold her up. Right, whatever that is. Right. Yeah. But we're we've decided we're gonna love dancing together. Mm-hmm. Then um, those little fears gonna pop up. Yeah, but she's got one leg. Yeah, but she's blind in one eye. Yeah, I'm the one who's always doing all the balancing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If that feels negative, then that's coming from the wrong place. I just say the wrong place is coming from the place that doesn't continue to build that sacredness. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, those are some of my initial thoughts. And then I would also say as the relationship continues, um, that process never changes. Whatever the next thing is, whatever the next challenge is, whatever the next um, hurdle is, again, it comes back to, oh, now we're in this situation. Am mm. I going to continue to bring sacredness to this situation? Or am I going to go ahead and go, oh, maybe this is a sign that we're not meant to be together anymore. You know what I mean? And, and, and part from there. Um, yeah. Because it, it seems like it's oversimplified to say uh, statements like that person's right or that person's wrong for me. You know, it's obviously yeah. um, kind of a very chunked up way of saying that there's a bunch of criteria that wasn't met. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and people do say those things and they, they delete all of that criteria in their description. Mm-hmm. And what... I think is important about what you just said is that it's it's focusing in on what the actual criteria is and what is the state of mind that you need to recognize inside of yourself in order to make a better decision uh, dynamically while you're while it's going on. Yeah, it's not a static thing where there's just these boxes that are filled, but it's more like a dynamic set of circumstances that you need to be tapped into your uh, inner recognition of what these different states are so that you can help decipher as you go along on the fly what the right decision is. Yeah. 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 Well said. Um, uh, you know, at at my house, I have a guitar and it's a pretty decent guitar, you know, Mm -hmm. it's it's a decent guitar Mm -hmm. and I can only strum a handful of chords, you know, and, um, I realize that the guitar is just not my instrument, you know, but every time Oliver comes over, and he picks up my guitar. Oh my gosh, does he have a relationship with my guitar that mm. I don't have, mm. right? <laughs> mm. So I keep the guitar around, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, It's like a honey trap for, for it, musicians. It is, it is. <laughs> yeah. you know, um, or honey pot, sorry. Totally. Wrong and, word. And, <laughs> and um, I think, like thinking of, of the relationship as being two people that are either meant for each other or not meant for each other, mm-hmm is about as silly as saying that, um, uh, you know, I picked up a guitar and it didn't sound very good. But, oh, that guitar is not meant for me. Mm-hmm. Like, well, 
you know, how committed are you to learning how to play that instrument, mm-hmm. right? Because it's it might not be you could get a whole string of guitars, and if you're not yeah. committed to learning how to play that instrument, then none of those instruments. You know, I don't care if you have a super fancy Les Paul guitar, right? If if yeah. I'm not gonna create sacredness with that instrument and learn how to play it, because I want to say that. Mm. The guitar player is playing the guitar, but the guitar is also bringing something special out of the player. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah, sure. There are some crummy guitars out there, right? You know that maybe that's not the right guitar for somebody, but for the most part, we could make a pretty good argument that a good guitar player could play just about any guitar. Well, yeah, a good guitar player can make a crappy guitar sound a hell of a lot better than most of us could ever even dream of making it sound. Right, right. <laughs> and and even a guitar that has a few little cracks in it and a few mm-hmm. problems mm-hmm. might have such special meaning and bring that sacred space, again, out of mm-hmm. that guitar player. That guitar player doesn't want to play any other guitar. That's very true. I know exactly where my fingers go on this guitar. I love the sound that this guitar makes. You know what I mean? I don't yep. want another guitar. It's about resourcefulness and resources. Yes. And, and even further... Um, the distinction of intrinsic versus extrinsic because if mm. if if the focus is on oh that's not right for me because xyz that that's an external thing so so yes. the power i'm placing is on external things whereas if i say yeah. what you're saying which is you know um, how prepared am i to make sacredness within this context mm. how prepared am i to to really throw myself uh, all the way in and, and, and build something that's intrinsic because you're saying I have the power to approach this, um, subject with the power of my flexible, adaptive genius self, my creativity, my desire, my love, my devotion, my efforts versus, Oh, this external thing, which is either kind of like a dice roll, let's see what happens, mm-hmm. you know, either it's good or it's not good. And yeah. I'll know based upon this external uh, label or this external set of circumstances. And it's just like throwing your power away. It's yeah. saying the power exists outside of me. You are either right or you are not right. Yeah. It's not saying the relationship is right. We are right. I am yeah. right. This is yeah. kind of putting, investing the energy in the internal versus the external that's yeah that's yeah. that's perfect you know it's it's kind of like um there is this incredible thing called music and music requires instruments and players of instruments to mm-hmm. get together to make it mm-hmm. in this case there's this amazing thing called called love mm-hmm. and it takes a couple of different kinds of instruments and players to get together mm-hmm. to make it you know um and well, and therein lies the trap. And therein lies the trap. Because people start to buy into the idea that it's an external focus. It's an external focus. Because there are external yeah. elements that are at play. Correct. But really yeah. the the driver is yeah. what's internal, because that's what you bring with you everywhere you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, I like that. I like yeah. that a lot. Um, that's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think what you're saying is really resonates with yeah. me since we're talking Speaking about of music. Guitars. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Am I striking a chord with you? Definitely. Are we yeah, in yeah. accord with this? Yes, we are in accord okay, with, 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 with one another. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I know, I know some people feel like, um, there's a lot of people out there that think that, oh, I'm not good at relationships. I'm not good at yeah. love. You mm-hmm. know, 
There's, there's, there's a lot of that. And there are people that say, I'm not good at music. Or I'm not lovable. Or I'm not lovable. Okay. I'm not worthy. Can you imagine a guitar that comes right from the factory is made just like all the other guitars and it's like, I'm, I'm, no good. I'm, I'm not playable. <laughs> Nobody complaining. Mm. Okay, maybe you're just a little out of tune with yourself, mm-hmm. you know? And, and um, but a guitar can get in tune, right? There's nothing wrong with the guitar, mm-hmm. you know? Maybe the guitar just is tuned a little differently and it mm-hmm. needs somebody who knows how to do, I don't know, drop detuning or whatever. Right? Or it's a guitar that's designed for a, derp, a certain size of person with a certain size of hand. That's right. That's and reach, right. whereas another guitar might be for another type of size person with another mm-hmm. size hand with a certain kind of reach. That yeah. might be more ideal or less ideal depending on right. the circumstances. One might be also out of the price range, just like we know certain, yeah. <laughs> certain people can be out of our price range. <laughs> right. um, but but so yeah. it doesn't necessarily, it's not a universal thing. It's There is um, something to be said for uh, some external uh, yeah. evaluations and of therefore course. you need some criteria yeah. for evaluating yeah. some of those things too. Hey, like if, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm a highly skilled violin player, mm-hmm. right. Um, you know, I should play a really nice, well-made violin. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But what if this violin that I've fallen in love with, um, cracks, breaks, breaks mm-hmm. a string. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, then, you know, you take care of your instrument, you know, you, you, you do what you need to do to, to love it and get it fixed and do the best you can with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can still make music with it. You know, it's always amazing when you see like, they, I remember hearing the, the, the story, um, when George Harrison first met John Lennon, John Lennon, like didn't really know much about playing, I guess, but mm-hmm. he was so committed to it. He was so confident, mm-hmm. you know? Overconfident as usual, right? <laughs> um, George Harrison noticed that he didn't even have all the strings on his guitar. And he's like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> like, he's like, you don't even have a, the right number of strings on there. That was John Lennon. Yeah. But, you know, um, John Lennon made some music, you know, and um, people can make some love. They can. You know? I mean, it's, you know, it's out there, you know. It's true. Um, yeah. I love it. So... Have you discovered some things that are most important to you as external validators or external evidence that, that, you know, this doesn't work, this does work Mm. for you, like you can generalize in your life or, or maybe even offer as, as kind of general principles for others? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, good question. I, I, I guess for me, um, let me think about that. Let me see what I, what do I know about this? For me, um, like what's important to you about it? Okay. I I would say, um, there has to be some things that you, some things that you can really jive with together. Okay. Right. Maybe you both have the ability to share a little laugh or a snicker of certain things. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you share that together. Mm -hmm. Um, or Maybe there's something you both enjoy doing in life, you know, um, maybe you both like to go hiking, you know, camping Mm. or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Maybe you both love taxes. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) Whatever it is. I think there needs to be a a handful of things that you can share together with ease. 
that it's natural to share those things together, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Mm-hmm. We love to go to the theater. Mm-hmm. You know, we love to go see the movies. We like to go to the symphony. There, there, there should be a handful of things that, that you enjoy together. The flip side of that mm-hmm. is there should be some things that you can appreciate um, being totally different on. Mm-hmm. Right? And so you notice, like, for me anyway, um, there has to be some balance there, right? We totally see eye to eye over here, and we're so different over there. Mm. Thank God we are, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, and that's a real trap. Say, so, yeah, everything's so great, but there's this one area where we're so different. Mm-hmm. Mm, I wonder if that's going to be a problem. But check in. Is that coming from a place of fear? Okay, then that's bullshit. Yeah. Right? Or, or, or it's 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 has an increased chance of being bullshit. Yeah. Right? But when you go in and you go, no, there's a real knowing there. There's a real calm this understanding. Is this is, yeah. yeah, I am this person and... Mm-hmm. and that is that person. And this is an area that really, in a positive way, I feel this is not vibing. Perfectly okay to say, hey, you know what? We danced a few great songs together, mm-hmm. you know, but, but hey, I'm going to spin you over to somebody else. And I'm going to move on, you know. Um, but, but those differences, um, for me, should come from a place of a little bit of awe. You're a hell of a bargain shopper, huh? I suck at bargain shopping. I just buy whatever I... <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, but you're a bargain. I, I'm not like that. Gosh, you know? We're a good team. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so so there is there is togetherness in that separateness, if that makes sense. You know, I know you know what I'm talking about. I do. You know, there is there can be togetherness in, in our separateness and our differences. You're reminding me of... Um... Something I remember, George Pransky, the psychotherapist, oh, yeah. the marriage therapist. Yeah, he has a um, great book. Great book, um, yeah. Uh, the Relationship Handbook. The Relationship Handbook, yeah. yeah you, fantastic. You recommended it. And oh, I, so good. I got into that book and, oh, God, I love that book. Yeah. It, it reminds me of two of the, there, there were two of the, of the, the things that he said are um, primary for, for why people have um, major discord in the relationship. Mm-hmm. One of them is that they're now noticing that they're so different than that person. Yeah. And the other is that they're noticing that there's so much sameness that they feel bored by them. Yeah. So those are two seemingly opposite problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he pointed out that the sameness is very often so so if you're if you're bored by the sameness, very often that's something that initially is attractive to you. Mm-hmm. Wow, we're the same this way. They like the same music yeah, as me. Right. Yeah. You know, they like the same movies. They love to, you know, yeah. eat from gastropubs or whatever uh-huh. the hell. They love microbrews, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and that becomes a cool thing mm-hmm. to share. And then vice versa, if, if uh, it comes to something that's different, they say, wow. I'm being exposed to all this new stuff that I haven't been exposed right, to before. Right. This person really transports me into a whole new world and, and introduced me to whatever it was, golfing or... Yeah, that's right. That's right. I, I remember Pransky... <laughs> Traveling or something, you know, something yeah, different. Yeah, something different. And I remember now that you, you're jogging my memory. Pransky was saying that it totally depends on your mood. Yeah. If you're in a high mood state, then the differences are contrast. They're wonderful. And if you're in a low mood, yes. the differences are uh-oh. 
which ties into yeah. what you're saying about checking inwardly to see if something's yeah. coming from fear or from wisdom. Yeah, you know, totally. It yeah, totally, totally ties into that because if your mood influences the way you would experience that, the very same thing that would be seen as attractive to you is suddenly now repulsive, mm -hmm. then really what needs to happen is you need to address what's going on inside of you, not what's going on externally to you, which yeah. is looping back to what I said about yeah. internal versus external or intrinsic versus extrinsic right. res, you know, responses. Yeah, so yeah, if, yeah. if you know that, um, that it's broken down and you're really serious about the relationship and serious about it working out, then you'd have to go inside and, and check in with yourself about where's my part in this? Am I being secure and doing the things that make me feel secure in myself? Yeah. Uh, as you said, uh, things that, that might be totally different than that other person that maybe, mm -hmm. maybe you stop doing those things and you need to do them again. Do them again. Um, yeah. Yeah. because once you're in that state, then you can have a change of heart, which is George yeah. Pransky, right? You know, totally. you don't really totally. fix the relationship. You fix you, you know, you, yeah. you, you have a change of heart and that's what's possible. You don't change them. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, you said that well, and and I love his point, and I would describe his point as, um, let's get back to the sacredness of our bond. Let's totally. get back to the sacredness of what we're building together. Mm -hmm. um, um, I had another thought, mm. and um, see if I can retrieve it and put it into words. Um, oh darn it. It'll come back. Yes, it It'll will. Come back. It'll come back to us the moment we change subjects. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually... I love how you do that. Yeah. yeah. I actually came up with uh, uh, some criteria mm. for myself. Yes. I'd love to hear your criteria. And this is something that I can notice by watching or by observing and, and connecting with someone. And they're things that I realized are really important to me because I, I had so many years of kind of just maybe trying to intuit or maybe even flail my way through trying to find mm. what works for me in relationships. So as a result, I've been very open-minded and very flexible and very um, agreeable in many respects mm. to allowing things that sometimes weren't even healthy for me. Mm. You, know, yeah, but, you sure, know, a lot of times sure. weren't healthy for me. Yeah. Uh, and it resulted in a lot of pain, but as you know, I'm a reflector. Yeah, I reflect, I introspect mm -hmm. and, and try to find out, okay, what's that about? And, you know, speak with my dear friends like you and, and others and try to explore what's, what is that? What's that pattern in there? What am I really looking for and getting to articulate those things? Mm -hmm. So over the years, um, I finally came up with what I think of as a working model for myself. And I'm okay. so far... I've been challenging it, and I haven't found any any holes in the thinking. Oh, do share, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm okay. open to. Uh, I'm now submitting this paper to to peer review peer for, for people to for, attack it as yeah. much as possible, so we can get this dialectic going okay. and we'll do some and rewrites, give it back. to Absolutely, you. Yeah. get some edits in there. Yeah. But um, there are four quadrants that I look for now. Okay. And by the way, feel free to interrupt me if that thing comes back. It did. It came back. Okay. Yeah. Interrupt me. Yeah. Seriously? Seriously. I'll come right back to it. Okay. So. Very good. Thank you. You helped me. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Works like a charm. Um, it does. It does. Um, yeah. It's this idea about love and amounts of love. Mm. Um, I've noticed in relationships, I've heard, or at least I've heard people say things that indicate that they're concerned about um, the quantity 
of the love they feel for somebody as if it was a noun as if, it, if yeah. it were a noun yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like it's it's got to be somehow measurable like mm-hmm. you know i loved this person and i loved this person but i really loved this person or mm-hmm. i've never loved somebody as much as i love you you know mm-hmm. there's there's those kinds of things that happen and we've all said those things it's okay to say those things right i'm, I'm mm-hmm. not saying you shouldn't have said that right no say it Mm-hmm. That's what you should, you should say it, you know, um, it, it's perfectly okay to say you love people a lot, you know, um, but there, I think is this natural tendency to go, Ooh, do I love this? Person? Yeah, I do. But there are a lot of people out there that, um, aren't really sure if what they're feeling is love or not. Like That's I feel true. something and I really like this person and I, I feel for them and I'm attracted to them and we get along and I enjoy their company, but I don't know if what I'm feeling is really love or, you know what I mean? And then mm-hmm. there's this idea and I kind of, I like to think of it as, as this, right? If the sun, okay, the sun is shining and we're inside a black box and I poke a tiny hole in the box and sunshine starts to pour through that hole, but it's just a tiny little itty bitty pinhole, right? Um, it would be a mistake to think that somehow the the sun that's shining through that hole is somehow less pure light than a larger hole. Mm-hmm. Now I do recognize that there are varying size of holes in black boxes, okay, right? More sunshine is coming in. More sunshine is coming in. But the sunshine, it's its like it's its not so much amounts. It's either flowing or it's not flowing. Mm-hmm. If it's flowing, you don't need to worry about amounts. A lot can be done with a little sometimes. Exactly. Exactly. Um, sometimes uh, a lot can be too much to do something. Sometimes you get too close to the sun and it burns you up. Yeah. Sometimes you get a sunburn or skin cancer. Daedalus. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so there, there is something to be said about um, starting small and letting that hole grow a little bit more and letting it grow a little bit more. Because the love that is coming through, just like the, the light that's coming through the hole, um, is <laughs> the real thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's the real thing. Um, and... Uh, you know, that's, I, th- I think it's just an important thing to, to mention about relationships. Agreed. Is that if you feel some love, that is real, it's pure, and it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Just start drinking from that, you know? And yeah. there are times when it'll, it'll, there'll be more pouring through. But Or simply put, don't overthink it. If it's there, go with it. Exactly. You know, cultivate what you have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Relax all the excess thinking and analysis and just appreciate what's there mm-hmm. yeah 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 that's great you know it's like, it's like if you're stuck in a cave and there's a sliver of light just keep going that direction keep yeah. digging keep digging folks you know what mm-hmm. i mean and you'll you'll get out of the cave mm-hmm. you know um instead of focusing on what's not yeah. focus on what is there's a little pinhole of light but there's all this blackness so you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna dive deeper into the blackness <laughs> you know it's like no, no 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 that's your cue go for it yeah you know it's your cue and so i think if you found a person that you resonate with and you feel that Mm-hmm. And if it you check in and it's coming from positivity and not coming from fear or an uncomfortable feeling, mm-hmm. 
it's okay to keep going towards that because what's the worst thing that's going to happen? The love grows, the love grows, and it shines so much onto your awareness that if you're not excellent for each other, then you'll mm. discover that and you'll discover mm. it from a place of better love. Yeah. But then what do we do? We go, oh, but what if, we, what if I start to love this person too much and then we find out that we're not good for each other and then it's going to hurt even more? Eh, wrong. Classic that's coming, that's coming overthinking. Yeah. yeah, it's coming from the wrong place, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, Carlos, what are your criteria? You started telling me uh, that yeah, you have okay. some criteria for this. I, I do, and this. and I and I would invite people to kind of consider how these four quadrants that I'm going to mention uh, might apply in relationships that have either worked or not worked. Okay. Because it's a way of determining uh, whether it's viable to continue or not. And that's kind of why I developed it. I developed it out of a need because I was having a problem, which mm-hmm. is how most, you know, things like this are created is, is mm-hmm. you're, you're aching and searching for a solution for something and then you get an epiphany or you realize yeah. um, how to work through it. And, and so problems are good things because they, they prompt yeah. discovery, you know, they kind sure of like do. the mother of invention, right? Yeah, they sure uh, do. So... Uh, I have these four quadrants, and the first one is a pretty obvious one, uh, which is uh, attraction or beauty. Okay. Think about it for a second. What draws you to a person? It's attraction. And attraction can be defined as visual. uh, Wow, I like the way they look. You know, wow, that just kind of hits some kind of... um, archetypal button inside of me that makes me just enamored, right? That kind of infatuation can happen like, wow, that person's eyes or wow, it's something about them or, or it could be something olfactory. Wow. They smelled so good or, or the, the sound of their voice just kind of made the, their, their cells resonate when they heard it. Uh, it can also be, uh, something else more subtle, you know, like a person's intellect. Yeah. However, um, it's easy to say if you kind of put a label around all of that, it's, it's, it's beauty or attraction. Mm-hmm. It's a form of what draws you and makes you, you feel attracted to them. Now, I want to point out that this isn't about some external or agreed upon ideal of what beauty is. Oh, yeah. This is totally personal. Yeah, yeah. Because we, we've all, everybody's had the experience of, being really attracted to a person in the room who's not the best looking person in that room. Sure. I mean, everybody's had that experience. Absolutely. It's kind of like the black box of attraction. There's just some magic in there and whatever it is. It's the whole, you know, eye of the beholder kind of thing, right? It's what you're looking for and what resonates with you. Yeah. Uh, And that can be any size or shape or color or, you know, Mm -hmm. gender or whatever. But so, so that's very important. That's, that's number one. Let's be honest. (laughs) Yeah. If you're not attracted, you're not going to go to step two. Um, the other quadrant is, uh, and, and the rest of them are not um, in any particular order. So I'm going to list the okay. next three, okay. but they're not one in front of the other. They're all important and they're all equal. It's not a hierarchy. Uh, nah, it's, nah, nah, nah. Yeah. Uh, they're just things I've discovered through problems, really. Okay. Uh, is that, so the next one would be, uh, I, I call it intelligence, but I don't mean for that. I don't mean to imply that that means that, that it has to be a certain type. 
of intelligence. Like okay. there, there's analytical intelligence and creative intelligence and, yeah. you know, fine motor intelligence and there's, mm. there's, you know, introspective intelligence. Yeah. There's all, all different, different kinds, kinds of yeah. in, in, intelligence, you know, yeah. ways of, of that because you need to be able to, um, communicate and share and understand each other. Mm -hmm. So that's very important. So you have to have a certain level of matching in intelligence. That that's not to say that oh my IQ's this number and they have to have that IQ number within that range. It's not at all linear like that. Yeah. It's just a personal sense. So it's very subjective. It's a personal sense that you can relate enough with this person that they are still interesting to mm -hmm. you. They still intrigue you and you want to share with them, they want to share with you. That includes things like the ability to communicate well and, and things yeah, like that. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you have beauty, you have intelligence, which can, again, be emotional intelligence or any okay. kind of intelligence, but as yeah. long as it's relatable. There needs to be relatable intelligences there. Yes. Yeah, okay, got it. And um, the next one is kindness or compassion. Yeah. We have talked a lot on this show about the difference between empathy and compassion or sympathy yeah. and compassion. Yeah. So I, I really want to just briefly say that kindness is a chosen act. Niceness is a compulsory reflex yeah. of yeah. not wanting to be disliked. Yeah. What a great description. Right? Yeah. So if I have developed some criteria for noticing when a person is actually kind versus nice, mm -hmm. That's going to be helpful for me because very often you see people who are beautiful and intelligent, but they lack kindness. And that is a dangerous combination. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dangerous, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Lots of people abuse others when they have both of those qualities, but not the third. Yes. Kindness, at least, strongly dissuades a person from doing harmful acts to others. Mm -hmm. Therefore, uh, since you're the one who's going to be benefiting from it, you might as well pick someone who's kind, and that better be fucking important to yeah. you. If it's not fucking important to you, yeah. you're cruising for a bruising. Yes. You are looking to get screwed over. You are looking mm -hmm. to get you know, beaten down mm -hmm. and, and trashed. So you have to have a, at least a kind of similar appreciation for uh, being kind. Yes. And, and, and that can mean sometimes, Hey, you know, uh, I'm uncomfortable with this. So instead of blurting it out in a painful way, I'm going to express the truth to you, but I'm going to do it in a way that's not going to devastate you Yeah, because I care about the after effects. And, and as, as a friend of mine likes to put it, your words among other things mm. should have longevity to them, meaning mm -hmm. that they, they have, a, they mm -hmm. should have a good shelf life, meaning after they've been issued over time, they better age well. Yeah. Like a fine wine. That's great. Because if they don't age well, then yeah. that means <sighs> there's a lot of regret and, you know, excessive apologies and all these mm -hmm. kinds of things. But you can never really truly take back a word. It's like the arrow being yeah. released. You know, it's been released from the bow. It's, there's really mm -hmm. no way to take it back. Yeah, it's not really. It doesn't take somebody's eye out. Exactly. You know? uh, so those are three of the quadrants right there. If you I'm, have, I'm digging these. You dig these so far. Yeah, I think this is I'm really helpful. I'm thinking of them as buckets. Yeah, the four buckets of love. You know what I mean? Four like, buckets like, of love. Because it's like you know you you, you want to have merits mm -hmm. put in each other. Like in Vipassana, we learn about the uh, the pots. Oh yes, the potter filling the pots. Yeah, 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 so yeah. I'm thinking of these as buckets. That I like you want, it. You want to have 
something great in each bucket. Yes, yeah. because because technically speaking, thank you, Danny. Uh, there are things that can continue to develop. Yeah. Yeah. Even even beauty. Right. right, right. Even beauty right. can continue to develop. And and as and as yeah. the uh, the relationship continues, you both be become more skilled at filling those buckets yes you know and that's that's yeah. part of what we're talking about tonight is yeah yep. so okay all right so the suspense is there suspense. and everybody's waiting for the fourth category yes. the fourth category is, again is, is is by no means the last it's just the one i'm mentioning now mm. availability oh availability yeah I, I i see where some of this came from 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 of our recent conversations of course too. you do <laughs> yeah. and availability mm, is um it's a pretty straightforward if you look at it in a straightforward way, but it's also kind of subtle if you think about mm. things like emotional availability. Yes. Sometimes people will put themselves out into the dating category mm -hmm. and yeah. they aren't actually available. Either physically in the sense that they're far away. Yeah. Because if, but again, okay, here's the criteria for, for availability that I think is important. Okay. Number one, it's what works with you. And that means that there's no absolute statements that I can think of anyway mm -hmm. that would be universal among everyone. Right. For right. example, if if yeah. I had a if I have less of a need for one on one time, uh -huh. then it's perfectly okay if I met someone online who lives in Japan and I talk to them on Skype and Zoom or whatever and I see them once or twice a year. If my need for physical affection and connection and, you know, building something together and, 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 you know, one-on-one -on -one time is greater then that is not going to work. That person is not available. Yeah. Yeah. To you. Right. Cause like one person might say, Hey, we're having a long distance relationship, yeah. but I feel like emotionally my partner is like right there anytime I need them. Mm -hmm. That might be the just perfectly fine it can be fine depending on your needs so it's it's very much about checking in with what your needs are and maybe really getting clear on that yeah if you're a kind of person who is really affectionate and yeah. you just are wired that way then you're gonna need to pick somebody who mm -hmm. you can be around and hug and kiss and touch a lot yeah. you know so you have that physical connection yeah i love this this um this quadrant this mm -hmm. bucket right? yeah because um two people could be physically next to each other all the time and still not be available to one another. Yes. And that's, I think that's the point. And that is the thing that, that I see sometimes, you know, in, in counseling settings, right? Like where, where the, the two parties involved, usually a husband and a wife, um, there's one or both that are kind of, you know, either busy with projects, not available to one another, or the sex is gone, they're not being intimate anymore, they're not even snuggling up on the couch and watching movies anymore, they're separate, or or um, not really getting involved in each other's lives anymore. Mm -hmm. Maybe one of them's uh, getting in, kind of focused in on being a workaholic or whatever, mm -hmm. as they would put it, mm -hmm. and that person isn't available emotionally, mentally, um, yeah. intimately, right? Uh, and then, of course, there's the real obvious stuff, like when someone um, either lies or tells the truth about mm -hmm. being in a committed relationship with someone else, and then they're just not truly open to connecting. Yeah, sure. And they may continue to try to connect, and that could create a lot of pain or, or, mm -hmm. or some really serious harm yeah. uh, if, if it isn't cut off. Right, right. So right. these criteria have helped it's helped me to kind of realize from this lens the mistakes that i've made or the mm. 
the, uh, I don't even know if mistakes is the right word, the experiences that I've had that did not work out in a way that felt good. Okay, sure, <laughs> sure. Uh, in a way yeah. that didn't bring me to greater joy and, yeah. and uh, hope. The, Some of those things actually killed my hope yeah. to the point where I was in a dangerous, uh, dangerous psychological state as yes, a result. Definitely. But having this uh, hard-won wisdom, I guess you could put it, you know, mm-hmm. wisdom through experience, has helped me. Because now I know that if each of these quadrants are not satisfied, that it's a no-go. And you know what? Mm. If I have all four of those, there are a host of other things mm-hmm. that are totally negotiable. Totally. Yeah. I don't care about a whole lot of other shit. Yeah. If those four are there, that to me means green light. I can I can develop trust with this person or I can take the next step to develop trust with this person, get mm-hmm. closer, open myself up, explore, and then we'll just sort of work things out. Because as you said in the beginning of this conversation, that's where that applies. So now I would take in that idea of um, uh, what can I help create? Mm -hmm. Now that I have those quadrants there, it's saying, green light, what can you create with this person? Yes. What can I I bring into this and develop together and take responsibility for my end of it? And then you just got to wait and see. Now, the four quadrants are by no means a guarantee of success in the sense of I'm going to be with this person for the rest of my life. It's a guarantee of avoiding the really obvious problems that could be Mm -hmm. avoided if you just incorporated the four quadrants. You won't run into a whole rash of shit Mm -hmm. if you just think about those four, Mm. you know, categories. Love it. And it could potentially bring you to the next stage of, of what you need to do, which, you know, might involve developing some relationship skills, some communication skills. Mm-hmm. It might uh, cause you to do some personal growth and work to, to see where you have got some blocks in you that you might want to, yeah. you know, heal or grow or work through. Uh, it could even get you to a point where you formulate whole new strategies on how to enjoy connecting with someone. Yeah. Because it can be a springboard because once you have those four quadrants there satisfied you know that some of the real basic stuff is out of the way yeah oh i love it yeah. i love it okay let's review okay. quadrant number one beauty beauty or attraction. attraction attraction either one quadrant number two intelligence or relatability okay okay intelligence communication or right. okay okay three kindness or kindness. compassion Kindness, compassion, yeah. Which includes the idea of understanding, mm-hmm. right? And then the fourth qua- uh, quadrant is availability. Okay, got it. Okay, availability. Yeah. Oh, that's good stuff, Carlos. And you being, as we've spoken of before and other conversations, you being one of those incredibly resilient human beings, <laughs> right? Um, it's... It's out of real life experience when some of these greatest formulas emerge, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, I think uh, when you were explaining these, these four quadrants, that feeling of rightness, of Mm -hmm. correctness in me Mm -hmm. kept going, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. good. That's good. Yeah. The yeah. truth bone. Like, yeah. 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 That's good. <laughs> and it's almost like if you have all four of those things, mm-hmm. 
you have everything you need to just continue that that sacredness, you mm-hmm. know, that that continue the building. I love it. I love how um, it it gives permission for lots of other things not to be perfect. Exactly, which of course I need, as you know, I'm pretty diverse and chaotic in some ways, right? Yeah, in my sure, thinking, sure, so I yeah. need the flexibility of not being pinned down too much. Yeah. But I also need some structure. That's just human. Mm-hmm. You don't function well without some discipline, right? Yeah. Uh, but I also don't function well when I micromanage or boxed in too much. Mm-hmm. So having these quadrants leaves a lot of room for play. It's like learning how to use um, certain rules in art, or mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're you know, maybe guidelines, but they're kind of rules in a way that you can learn in art, and then the rest is negotiable. Yeah, right. right Being right, able right. to draw what you see, for example, is non-negotiable if you want to be a fully empowered artist. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you yeah. can still do art and you can still do creative things, but to be fully empowered, meaning I can create exactly what I want when I want. Yeah. That's to me, and this is my personal opinion, but when you become a true artist is when you can, you have the capacity to make something look the way you want it to look. Sure. If you're limited because you don't actually have the skill, it doesn't mean you're not doing art and it doesn't mean there isn't value to what you're doing. It just means like in my internal labeling system, I guess, I wouldn't consider that person a, an artist yet, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. they're on the path of becoming an artist. But until yeah. they can actually draw what they see or create what they see, mm-hmm. then they're not really able to fully be empowered as yeah. a creative, you know, whether it's a painter, a, a musician, a poet, or whatever it is. You've got to have a ma- certain mastery over the craft. Yeah. Right, And that's kind of like uh, the basics. And whatever you do, if you want to go Picasso and get all cubist or whatever you want to do, abstract stuff or whatever, that's fine. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, Some people bypass the skill part and they Mm -hmm. go straight to the end result. And, (laughs) you know, people have their different opinions about it. I have my own. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, as I've told you, I'm not a fan of Van Gogh. Sure. Yeah, you're not. I am. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Uh, But I'm not a fan of everything that he did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some stuff I really like and sometimes I'm like, I don't get that. Yeah. yeah you know, that's we all okay. have our preferences. I mean, it's the same with love. Yeah. And I have my preferences uh, around that. Obviously, uh, there are things that I find really attractive that other people wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, yeah. And I'm also a lot more flexible about a lot of things that would drive other people nuts. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of flexibility, um, one of the things I noticed in those four quadrants is there's built in flexibility. Yes, that was important it's, to me. It's attraction, and it's it's. There's a lot of flexibility in that in that quadrant, mm-hmm. you know, and and um, kind of a model. Uh, it in it a way. is, yeah. It's it's it's. And I, um, I've never I've never heard this model described anywhere yet. Um, yeah. If there is, then it's news to me. Yeah. yeah. But I literally came up with this. I'm I'm kind of like excited about exploring it and using yeah. it uh, in my life, and and again, I'm totally open mm-hmm. to people. You know, and I think attacking it, you know, if necessary. And I, and I think for me, testing its veracity. Yeah, totally. If I go back and reflect on, um, I mean, I got to go back a long, long ways. But mm. if I go back and reflect on early relationships that um, ended, I can go back and I can see which quadrants there was an issue. Me too, which is one very, of the tests easily. that I did internally to say. What was wrong with those other relations? They were always missing one of those. Yeah, yeah. This particular quadrant was missing. Mm-hmm. Or the, yeah, yeah. And if all, if all, you're right. If all the quadrants are there, then everything else is negotiable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
been listening to The Authenticity Show with your hosts, Carlos Casados and Satch Purcell. My name is Oliver Altin. I produce the show, and I also wrote the theme song, which you're listening to right now. Please remember to subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts and connect with us on the socials. And our website is AuthenticityShow.com. Thanks for listening, and have an authentic day. Thank you.